It's all things MMA for scoreline.ie in case you know. My name is Ken McGuire, joined as always on screen over here by... I have to go. I have to go the long way this week. Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! <laughs> Even off microphone, uh, by Miles Bryce of Team Rhino Kilkenny. How are you? How are things? Hey Ken, all good, dude. And yourself? You having a good week? Uh, I am, to be fair. Uh, despite the fact that Irish weather is absolutely cat, uh, and we've just come off Shocker. a bank holiday weekend as well, so now everything is like super, yeah. super condensed uh, into the week. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's pee because I went out on the. Uh, I went out for a few drinks with some of the lads and. Uh, I uh, I thought that I'd be getting down to the food festival, and uh, it was too, it was too packed, and the weather was miserable as well. So, yeah, just gutted it out. No food, loads of points instead. You know what I mean? so, <laughs> and that explains the Instagram stories that had the beer icons, the sick face emoji, and a big ass television. <laughs> You oh, have, stuff. I'm not, I'm yeah, not able to find that's, that's, so. that's age catching up on you. You know, it happens to the best oh, of yeah. us. It's okay. Oh, um, yeah. we, we've got a bit uh, to talk about or, or to look through um, this week at the very least. Uh, given that it was the bank holiday, there was a load of, there was a load of stuff on. Um, got to watch Katie Taylor fight. Uh, she won again. Uh, and then got to watch... Um, Got to watch Jake Paul and Anderson Silva, which I don't know how much we had had touched on it uh, previously, or no, can't remember not. how much we had touched on it previously, uh, other than we were we were looking at you know the possible motives uh, for Anderson Silva to take on the fight at forty seven years old and do eight rounds uh, of boxing with Jake Paul, who just seems to like building a career for himself by taking on big names in the world of of MMA. Uh, did you get to yeah. watch it? Did you get to see any of it? Uh, yeah, I did actually. I, I actually watched the whole fight, and I thought I thought I thought it was very good. I thought it was a competitive fight. You know, I just thought Jake uh, Paul won it from uh, just getting that knockdown in round seven. I mean, it was a close fight. You know, and th- this did you is, get to watch it? I did, and I I could probably do with understanding. Um, I could probably do with understanding the scoring of boxing a bit more. Mm. Um, yeah, like. I get I I get quite a good uh, I get quite a good understanding of the scoring of of uh, uh, of MMA bouts, uh, but on the boxing side of things, I had Anderson Silva up a lot more than I think everybody else seemed to give him credit for. At least the judges seemed to give him credit for because, um, but for you know getting into round five or six, it had seemed like there was there was maybe one round that was given to Silva. There was was it seventy eight seventy three or something odd in the, you know, kind of on the on the score sheets. They seemed to be a little bit further apart than um, yeah. than than I thought. I thought the fight was that little bit closer, like you're saying. But for right. but for yeah. but for the knockdown, and I know Silva had Silva had said it himself afterwards. It was like, um, you know, he was kind of disappointed that he just made the mistake that led to it. It wasn't a power thing. I got my footing wrong, lost my balance. He gets knocked down. He's straight back up, um, but uh, you know, I guess the, the knockdown, the knockdown is going to is going to count. Uh, two things off the back of it: Do we need to take Jake Paul a little bit more seriously, given yeah. that it was actually an entertaining and competitive fight? Uh, and yeah. two, um, what do we do with what do we do with Anderson Silva, who just doesn't want to stop fighting? Uh, I think Anderson Silva just should just left. He should just leave, be left be, like, you know, to finish his career any way he wants to. He's a legend, like, you know, of the sport, you know. Like, um, <clears throat> I personally feel like that, uh, what what is it here you said? Silva says he's still just, does Silva say that Jake Paul's still just hype? 
Did he say that? No, I'm ju- I'm just well, I think that was more um oh, I just sorry, that was in my notes to you. Silva says his still mm. uh no, it, is is ja- it's more like is Jake Paul still just hype or should we start um, believing the hype a little bit more? That's a good question. I think it's probably the main real question, isn't it? I'm, I I feel like that Jake should be taken seriously. Uh, Jake Jake is like uh, kind of goes against the grain of what I feel like martial arts should be presented as in regards to his uh, his ego and his persona, which I don't think is very far fetched from his ego. To be honest with you, um. I feel like he's doing a lot of great things in regards to the the fighters or association. Uh, it, like, I mean, that's something that myself and many others in the MMA community has been screaming for for a long time. So, if himself and Anderson Silva follow through with this, and they actually change fighters' pay and health insurance, he's going down in the history books. So, if he can do that, whatever his intentions are behind doing something like that. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, it can only be a good thing for everybody that's involved, really. Like, you know, in regards to his skills, I mean, like, come on. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, he is a 25 year old who just uh, who just beat a 47 year old. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. and Anderson Silva gave him a tough fight. I mean, (laughs) I mean, Jake's Jake's not a bad bad boxer. Like, you know what I mean? He's not a bad boxer. But like, I mean, Anderson Silva is still 47. Yeah, he beat Julio Cesar, Cesar Savez. So we have to take into consideration that Jake is pretty good, like, at boxing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's that simple. Like, he, he, I have the same thought process with McGregor, but I, I, give, I give Jake a lot more respect because he's actually talking about fighters' health and fighters' pay and stuff like that. Like, but it's the same category for me. Like, he, 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 he's not very good for the longevity of the sport, not very good for implanting ideologies into the younger generations or any upcoming fighters, regardless of age, actually really comes down to how easily people are directed and manipulated. So I don't think he's good for that side of things, but I think he's, I respect his skills, you know? And if he does do this fighters organization, I don't know if he's doing it for legitimately right reasons. I think Anderson Silva would be doing it for the right reasons. I think probably Jake is doing it because he wants more and more attention because uh, I think he has that type of personality, same as his brother, and any attention is good attention. And for him to keep switching between the what do they call it again in, in wrestling, pro wrestling, the heel and oh, the, the heel and the face, the heel and the face. I think mm-hmm. he's switching a lot between the heel and the face. And I don't think it's his real purpose to help fight or pay. But if he gets the job done, regardless, I don't care as long as he does it. You know. <laughs> well, we know we know we're going to see Silva. Whatever about what comes next for Jake Paul, I mean, he's he's looking to um, he's looking to, to capitalize on the momentum. He's he's put a call out to to Nate Diaz to see if he's willing to step in. There seems to be no shortage of um, of uh, pro MMA athletes who would be willing uh, to get into the ring, presumably take uh, some of that mad money that seems to be going around. Uh, and 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 get one, and get one over on Jake Paul, but the unfortunate side of things is uh, while we have seen some some pretty good fighters, Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley, uh, and now Silva, um, go go down that road. None of them have have been successful. So I don't I don't know what you do. Uh, you know, do you do you look at at getting uh, you know former world champion boxers um, or or somebody well, else? That's, that's, that's happen, but like that's I mean, it's, it's really a no brainer to put them in against Nate Diaz, isn't it? I mean. It's a, it's a no it's a no brainer for no brainer for him. 
uh, and I'm sure Diaz would love the the competition as well. He has that kind no of no-brainer for Diaz as well. Yeah, do you mean it's a no-brainer for Jake? Oh, no-brainer for Jake. Yeah, so, no, certainly no-brainer a no-brainer for, for Diaz. I mean, what the hell? What, what the hell has Diaz got to prove going in there? Like absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. And if he's if he's, he's out, just, of, he's going to make way more money than he would would in the UFC anyway. Yeah, and if if he is out of contract, as he says, he's out of contract. Um, it would be interesting, but then I don't know. It's like if 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 you if you get to these you get to these points, maybe Jake Paul had gambled enough to go. Do you know what? I'll get the better out of Anderson Silva, taking into the fact that he's you know despite his status in the world of mixed martial arts, that he is forty seven years old. Um, of because what, what happens when like when you're talking about the the attention and the and the the narcissism and stuff that goes along with Jake Paul? What happens when when he gets that taste of? defeat is it like okay well i tried and i'll get back up and i'll do it again or it's like okay well i've been shut up um you know would would, would it be a different conversation if silva had gone out and gotten the result against jake paul uh, it really does depend you see because the characters like jake paul and logan paul when they when their self-esteem gets hit they they kind of flip, they go from one extreme to the next because they have ultra high self-esteem because they try and make up for daddy issues by putting more attention on themselves. So when they do lose and their self-esteem, self-esteem takes even a little dent, mm-hmm. they tend to like go, it just crashes. So I, I, I personally feel like he'll just come back because, uh, I mean, he has more than enough of a support system, you know what I mean? And yes. he'll probably, he probably wouldn't be able to take too many losses, like, you know, before he'll kind of make an excuse and exit, you know, kind of like what McGregor's doing, you know, McGregor's self-esteem has been hit too hard for his liking. So, and he doesn't want to accept that, doesn't know how to deal with it. So he just kind of unleashes in his personal life or he just stays away and kind of just keeps himself in the limelight with some toxic back and forth. Like, you know, so that's kind of what will happen. Like, you know, really one or the other. But I feel like that regardless of his intentions, I I still think that Jake can do a lot of great things if he follows through with this fighters association thing. And if he has Anderson Silva involved, I think that it's key. I think that Anderson Silva would have the heart to really kind of like run it the right way. I think, but it's hard to know. They don't seem to go well together, don't they? Not you know? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, we we saw the whole kind of fighters union thing that had started and, and failed when Cowboy and GSB and a few others. Um, maybe it was GSB. There was a few of them anyway involved at the time. We're trying to get something off the ground for better fighter conditions and fighter pay and health insurance and and all the rest of it. But if it if it if it stands to pass and does well for the sport, then then more power for it. I think maybe regardless of, of how it comes about. Uh, we do know that that's possibly Silva's next move. Um, we know that he's uh, looking to head back into jiu-jitsu competition uh, out in, Abu, da- uh, out in, in, in Abu Dhabi. Um, and you're going to be uh, heading uh, that way. I know you had said before that you're not competing, um, but you're making your way to the Europeans on the BJJ yeah, side I'm, of things. I'm, I'm, I'm semi-retired now, so all I'm doing is eating pizza and coaching people. That's <laughs> it. That's all I, I want to do. I'm just coming along for the crack so I can just like, you know, just eat pizza. Eat that's pizza. what Italy's all about. Hey, you do know? you know what? That's if, if that's all you go to Italy for and you happen to catch a couple of good matches at the same time, then that's not too bad. So who is, mm. who is traveling? Why am I eating pizza? <laughs> Take them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grips, grips, grips. Yeah, God, this pizza. <laughs> this pizza is so lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, yeah, yeah, be first. That's great. You can hear all the, these little things that come along while you're completely distracted by Italian cuisine. Uh, who is, yeah. who is traveling with you or who's going out or, or who's going to be competing? 
uh, short list of people really going over to the Europeans and the world because we're a relatively small gym, you know. So mm. we, we, we're kind of building that over the years as they go along. And uh, so Ryan Mangan is coming over. He's he's obviously one of the coaches there, one of the top competitors in the gym. And uh, Keith Jordan's coming over with us, and they're going over with their second halves, and I'm going over my own. So that's the that's how it's going now, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, Ryan and Keith, I'm very proud of with the effort they've put in over the last couple of months. Uh, very very adaptable athletes, great students, and uh, I really can't see them coming out anyway. Uh, defeated and I'm not in saying that in the literal sense I'm saying that in the sense of they've given everything into their preparation so regardless of the results they're going to it's a win-win situation for me when when you give 100% of the camps because it's so much easier to get over losses you know because you know that you gave it absolutely everything and that's just the nature of the game and they have so you know I'm very proud of them and I'm sure they're going to do great does the training and competition regime have to change um uh, for, yeah. for for both for both of those in preparation for something like the Europeans and and, oh, yeah, and yeah, how yeah. do and how do they do it because obviously like you're saying small team small gym family environment similar and familiar bodies in and out of the maths week in week out um you've you've got to go somewhere else to to test yourself so how how do the guys prepare for for the Europeans as opposed to uh, the normal run of things so you have to train to, first off you got to talk about your your planner. You're, you have to set a planner and a scheduler if you want to if you want to prepare for these types of competitions. It's uh, you need to be preparing minimum ten weeks out really for these competitions, and uh, you have to be training twice a day. You have to make sure that you have it's like a full time commitment really. Like you know, you have to make sure that you have your high or low days sorted. What are your high and low days? Why are you training on those days? Uh, your nutrition needs to be on point. Your carbohydrates needs to circle around your your uh, your hard training and uh, everywhere. Really, recovery is a priority because you're training so much. Volume is so high. Um, you also need to train in a different gym because we have a very small gym. So you need to build confidence and build dealing with anxiety of going into different environments, same way as you would going into a competition. So I've always been like that. I'm I, as a coach, like I, I push my students to train in other gyms and uh, it, it just means then that, you know, they never feel like they're becoming a big fish in a small pond. They're always bringing stuff back. Everybody improves at a faster rate. And you know what? It's nice to visit different gyms and different people in the community too. So there's a nice few add-ons. Uh, and as well, when you have a small group of guys in the gym, like say if me and Ryan rolled with each other, it'll just be an open guard match for like an hour and no one will get submitted, you know, or Ryan submitting me as I was going, the old dog's getting old now and the young dog's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, that's facts. Like just today, I, w- I wouldn't be a very good coach if my students were submitting me. <laughs> sure. okay. so, uh, uh, and mainly we'll do positional sparring. So, like say I'll have say today we've tapered we've tapered our positional sparring because it's really important to taper leading up to these events as well. So you know as opposed to doing like say three rounds or two rounds, we did one round because it's a week out. You know, yeah. so one round of positional sparring will put Ryan in his favorite submission hold, and then we have to get out. Maybe the next round we do say this is just an example now. Maybe next round you do what's his weakest position 
and go from there. And then we'll talk about what the main scenarios are depending on the rule set. So in IBJJF, it's all points. So 80-20, Pred is law. It's always going to be 80% of match- matches are going to be open guard matches. So one person standing, one person sitting. So we do loads of positional sparring from there. Okay. Mm. And uh, so there's kind of a lot to it, really. <laughs> so, and that's how you, that's how you utilize your partners in small gyms as well as you, you make sure you put yourself in your best worst case scenarios and the environmental scenarios leading up to a competition. You know, what are the point system? What is the environment? How do we get used to the environment? And are we coming out with sessions a little bit demoralized, but confident? Yeah. Uh, so uh, how, how long then between, uh, and not to, not to dwell on this for, for an eternity, how long then between um, uh, the, the Euros and the, the world side of things? And will, will, the same, will the same two travel again, or is there, is there more interest there? Lucky I have my calendar up, Ken. Very Ken. good. Um, so that's next Saturday. So it's one, two, four. Four weeks is all. So four weeks, less than four weeks, three and a half weeks, and then we're off to the States. Right? Okay. And how, how, long is the, how long is the stay in the States? Just a, a weekend, a week? Uh, Wednesday to the Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So, and with the, the same two competitors again? Same lads. Yeah, yeah. Coming over this year too, yeah. Wow. Okay. So when you've, when you've tapered off, to when you've tapered off then to to kind of hit hit that crescendo of of the euros um like what what do you do then do you do you ramp things back up again for the worlds do you just continue on the same vein was it given that they're quite uh, close together you wouldn't you no you wouldn't you, you kind of you kind of you you kind of pick it up for a week straight after and then you'd uh, taper off again straight away yeah. that's what you do really like yeah give the lads a couple of days then Hard training for a week and then taper for like a week and a half, two weeks. Okay. You know, just to keep, mm. keep things, keep things taken over. Um, yeah, move, they're very close to each other though, you know? Yeah, true enough. Uh, moving back to, um, the, the world of, of mixed martial arts and everything else. Um, we had touched, uh, on last week or the week before and in, in terms of the aftermath of, of UFC 280, um, in the time since it appears that, uh, Aljamain Sterling uh, has uh, has indicated that Sean O'Malley may not be the fight that is set in stone as it had been suggested previously by the UFC for his next title defense, uh, and he's yeah. he seems to be fairly happy to to either take on uh, Henry Cejudo, which we figured maybe yeah. maybe about that would come to to pass, uh, Cheeto Vera which would also be a fairly decent uh, title bout at, at Bantamweight at 135, uh, or Sean O'Malley. Uh, but instead, he says that he's he's focused on getting uh, time off um, the, the sport, and particularly time off from, from going through the training camps. Like, you've, you've just spoken about, the, you know, the amount of preparation that's needed for, for the two lads um, to... for. Ryan and for Keith to go to the the Euros and the Worlds on the BJJ front. Yeah. Um. For Sterling, he's had two title defenses. Um. At at the top level of the sport in 2022, uh, and these things can obviously take a bit of time. Uh. Take a take a toll on you. Um. Uh, physically, mentally. Um. In terms of your your yeah. preparation. Um. And he he had alluded to uh life. Uh. Maybe passing life. Maybe passing him by. That you know he doesn't want to 
just kind of go from fight to fight to fight to fight to fight to fight to fight. There's other things that that need to be there, and he may not fight. He may not fight until until next summer. Uh, do you see it as as difficult for fighters at at the at the top of their games where they are to get that to get that balance right? Yeah, you have to give it absolutely everything. Uh, uh, definitely. Yeah, man. Do you know? I, I sometimes I feel like. You know, not to be cynical, but I do feel like people sometimes forget. They don't realize how much it takes to be like a professional mixed martial artist in particular, I think, you know, because it's a very extreme sport. You know, there's a lot on the line and you do have to sacrifice everything. And a lot of the time you sacrifice a lot of personal stuff too, like, you know, like stuff that, you know, may not work out for you. You know, in regards to it's a, it's a risk. It's an unpredictable sport too. Like you know, very unpredictable. That's why you have to have backups like gyms and stuff. Like you know, yeah. so and that's great because you get to spread the knowledge. And I think that's the, to me that's always had more purpose than fighting itself is the giving back to others and being a part of your community and being able to meet new people and you know and the the, the stuff that you, you you don't really like have to say talk about it's just it gives a lot of meaning and purpose to your life and i think that to me that was always worth more that's kind of a lot of the time what i fought for i never really fought for uh reasons just because i like fighting i did when i was younger but i did when i was older to lead from the front you know and i think that when you're i think that when you're in sterling shoes he's probably getting to the stage where a lot of champions do where you kind of, you lose the meaning for fighting a little bit. And, you know, maybe he's feeling a bit like that. Like, you know, I don't know what's going on in his head, but I know what it feels like to be at your wits end with training camps and uh, pushing yourself so much that life is kind of passing you by in regards to the little things like last Sunday, me going out and got together a little group of lads. You didn't turn up by the way, Ken. What is your problem? I, I was uh, I was actually down on the I was actually yeah. down on the parade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was there. I just you elected for the high stool. I elected for the, the talks on coffee and and actual food before I got soaked to this, <laughs> to this game. It was yeah. wet. For people who don't know what we're talking about, there was a food festival, big food festival that happened in Kilkenny uh, over the mm. weekend. It hadn't been on in three years um, because of, of uh, COVID restrictions uh, and they yeah. brought it back for the October bank holiday weekend. The place was absolutely packed but then the weather sucked. So if you wanted yeah. if you wanted food, if you wanted talks, if you wanted to get out and meet yeah. and greet people, um, you had to do it and be willing to get uh, rather wet, uh, which Trench. I was. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, that's, that, but we'll, yeah, we'll do it again. We'll do it again next year. Ah, yeah, for sure. But the, uh, I suppose just finishing up on that, like, you know, you do forget that life is really about the small things too, you know what I mean? Which is just like getting to actually just meet up with your friends for a few points. And uh, yeah, he probably hasn't done a lot of that, I'd say, over the last couple of years. So I can see where he's coming from. In that, in that vein, are we... Are we as are we as fans, or maybe not we as fans, but are our fans too expectant of fighters? And do you think, uh, do you think that do you think there's a pressure there? Care. But they just don't care, like you know what I mean. Yeah. And why should they? You know. So, yeah. and I think you need to have that kind of uh, mindset when it comes to fans and people that that. Uh, yeah, see, it's a tough sport too, you know, because. What you really need to pay attention to as a fighter is the people that are there for you when you lose, the people that message you 
when you're not doing so well mm. because you get caught up a lot into the people that are that just kind of like come out of nowhere and are all of a sudden your best friends and they want to be around you get a little bit addicted to that you know you get yeah. addicted to that limelight you get addicted to people coming up and kind of getting pictures with you and getting autographs and thinking you're the big shot and you don't know whether you, you kind of lose track of who's your friends and who's your genuine authentic friends or you could say conditional or unconditional friends. And uh, yeah, I, I think that you need a break from that. You need to realize kind of like who your peeps are and kind of like fizzle out the white noise a little bit and get back to the core of who you are. And I think Sterling should do that. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I think fans kind of like uh, fans put expectations on the fighters that sometimes they don't realize actually really affects their personal lives as well. So, yeah. uh, but it's up to us as fighters to take responsibilities and not be crybabies about it and go, well, their opinion shouldn't matter in the first place, but to have some sort of like uh, sympathetic understanding that it is going to creep through a little bit and it is something that fighters have to manage, you know? And uh at the end of the day, why should fans care though either? You know what I mean? Like they're there for their 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 bit on the side is to keyboard smash and and give no shits and tell them what mm. they think what the way they think it is, like even though they haven't got a feckin' clue. It's embarrassing actually, some fans what they come out with, like, you know, because it's like if they don't do it themselves, then why would you form that type of an opinion? But that's the nature of that's the nature of how people are, like, you know, they're going to form insane opinions about things they don't yeah. really know anything about, you know. Um, this weekend, uh, there is a fight card happening at the at the Apex and the UFC side of things. Uh, uh, Marina Rodriguez, uh, Amanda Lemos uh, in a women's strawweight main event. Neil Magny is back as well against Daniel Rodriguez in a welterweight uh, co-main event. Um, that fight night is happening this coming Saturday night. But next weekend, um, we've got UFC 281. Uh, on oh, the cards. Yeah. Now, I don't want to don't want to delve into this too much because we will probably preview it um, uh, during the week before the Euros. Um, yeah, you've, you've got a, You've got a couple of big things that are going to be happening. You've got uh, Israel Adesanya is going to take on Alex Pereira. Um, let's for, go, for the, let's go, Alex. Which which is probably going to be an absolute barn burner of a fight. That's a middleweight yeah. uh, title fight, main event. Carla yeah. Esparza, who recently reclaimed her strawweight title, takes on uh, Zhang Weili uh, in the women's co-main event. Uh, and then we were talking about the light the lightweight scenario last week completely forgot we've got Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler oh my god what a in, fight I didn't even see that going what the in, hell going at it in the future yeah well you see this is the thing I, I bring the surprises ah. I bring the surprises for you um, we've got Frankie <laughs> Edgar who's in a retirement fight he has confirmed regardless of the result that he's going to retire after UFC 281 he's, he's right. Jesus what, what else has he got to prove you got nothing to prove nothing at all but um uh, very, very, very quickly. I mean, we'll 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 break down we'll break down the the bigger fights, but the I think the feature one the the one the fans are really going to be chasing is uh, Dustin Warrior and Michael Chandler. There's oh, yeah. there's so much at stake for both of these guys. Um, now, I don't now, see. I don't. I don't see that. Right. Right. Do you want to do? Do you want to do a quick fire thing? Just a just a quick we'll fire do, thing. You and me. This, we'll do, we'll this do, one we'll do, fight. We'll do quick. We'll do. We'll do quick fires. Right. I'll. I'll I, I'll I'll lead the dance. Hold okay. on. Wait a sec. Uh, uh, <laughs> Look at this guy getting ready. He's so professional. Getting ready. Okay. Israel Adesanya and uh, Alex Pereira. Go. Adesanya. Round. Two. Round. Type finish. Two. TKO. Okay, I'm going. 
Two TKO. Okay, I'm going Pereira round one KO. Ah, oh. straight <laughs> for the kill. Okay, okay. Uh, Asparza and Whaley Yang. Uh, Whaley round three submission. Oh. Whoa, I'm saying round three TKO for Whaley. Yeah, Whaley yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think I think she gets it back, and I think uh, I think she gets it back, and we get to see. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Joanna goes back in there against Whaley. She's kind mm. of wor- worked her way back into that picture a little bit. Okay, you know what's next? Poirier and Chandler. Who the, you got? This is the big one. Ah, uh, I don't think this is a. I don't think this is a question for me. But anyway, go on. I, I I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Dustin. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Dustin head 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 wants to say uh, Chandler a little bit, uh, but I'm I'm gonna say Dustin Poirier. I, as as to how it as to how it winds up, I have no idea. I think Dustin's just sick of being submitted and sick of being kind of oh, yeah. just just missing out. Um, mm. it's like it, it's it's got big consequences as well. I mean, because Chandler could do with the win, um, could could absolutely do with the win if he wants to get into the lightweight title picture. Um, but I think it's going to be Dustin all day. Uh, it's not going yeah, to go five I, rounds. I think it'll be lucky to get past the second. Yeah, me too. I think I think round two, TKO Poirier. Yeah, good call. I think I don't think I don't think I, I think Chandler went up to the top five far too fast. I think he's too small. He doesn't use any of his uh, athletic attributes, or he doesn't use any of his technical attributes, I should say. He uses far too much of his athletic attributes. Yeah. Just tries to come in and knock lads' heads off. Well, that's, that's what he did with Dan right Hooker. Heads. Actually, Dan Hooker is on the same card as well, but um, yeah, the, I think that the Dan Hooker card, or the Dan Hooker fight for, for Chandler was a bit of a gimme in that regard. Mm, yeah, yeah. Just one of those things that I think Poirier is going to have too much for him, size and technique-wise. Anyway, Edgar and Gutierrezze. Uh, Gutierrez. Uh, I, 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 I'd love to see Frankie Edgar go out on a high. I just don't know if it's and it's it's with the greatest of respect to Frankie Edgar. I don't know if it's doable. Um, I, 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 I see. I see. Fra- I see Frankie Edgar taking a decision on this one. Do you? Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. a good call. Yeah. I I, I do you know. What? I'll go. I'll go with. The, I'll go with the same because I'd like to. I'd like to see Frank Edgar get the. I think that if he's. I think he's going to go out in his shield pretty well. Yeah. I think he's tough enough to go out in his shield well. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then Hooker and I see. I don't know anything about these last two guys that are fighting. By the way, so I'm just going with the yeah, favorite. You're just rolling with the favorite. I think Dan Hooker should be the favorite. I I like Dan Hooker. Yeah. Um, I would be disappointed, extremely disappointed for him if he can't get the win uh, yeah. on this fight. I, I was gutted for him when he fought Alan that time, you know. Yeah, but that that was that was uh, that was always going to be a tough call to make to make the jump. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, did, that, that, there, there are there are picks then, boy. Look, if you want to put money on the line, we had this discussion <laughs> before, and you decide to grow up here at any stage. You do. You, you do realize how rubbish our picks were the last time. We'd still be fighting for scraps over who boys. Yeah, who but I'm still willing to put money on the line, Ken. <laughs> that's how I roll. Bob, very good. Very good. Well, look, that's that's where we're at. We'll we'll delve in a little bit more into those fights, uh, maybe for next week. But uh, for the moment, that's where we leave it. This has been all things MMA. He has been Miles Bryce. I've been Ken McGuire for Scoreline.ie. In case you're or you can get the latest on these videos on the YouTube channel. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you do your podcast listening. Until next week, good luck.
See ya.